Welcome to the Salty Investors episode number 41. It is Friday, July 21st, 2023. How are you today, Tim? Yeah, pretty good yourself. Oh, you know, can't complain. Had a bit of a cold last week. Over it now. Or, you know, the sun is shining. Uh, I got a spring in my step. Yep. You know, uh, the world is my oyster. Um, So let's kick it off with the salt team. What do you got for us this week? Um, I see the low and middle income tax offset hasn't been renewed. And and I'm looking at some of these people complaining about it. I'm going, oh, that seems a bit strange. Like, I don't know why you're complaining about it. You're the one. I'm looking at some of these people thinking, Aren't you, you know, you, you keep asking for all this free stuff, for example, COVID payments and, you know, bailouts mm. and free education, free everything, and now you're complaining that you have to pay for it all. Um, like, you can't have free stuff without paying for it. You know, it's just a normal, mm. you know. And a lot of these people complaining about it, I'm thinking, how much tax do you pay? And I hear, oh, you know, they pay like five grand or six grand in tax. I'm, going, I'm pretty sure you're paying negative actual real tax once you take out... <laughs> benefits you get from you know a tax system so maybe think about not asking for so much free stuff and we can have these tax cuts forever like you can't have it both ways you can't have you know free stuff and tax cuts it just doesn't work what do you think nope well you know tim ask not what your country can do for you but what you can do for your country now if you said that to these commie scum um, you would probably get labelled a fascist when actually that was said by a democratic president in <laughs> 1960, I think it was, yeah. when Kennedy said that. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing about all these little... So the, the coalition brought that in. It was meant to just phase out this year, right? And Labor could have said, no, we'll keep it, but they didn't. Um, the thing is, once you bring these things in, they're almost... Of course, people just get... They just feel entitled to it. It's uh-huh. like, you know, yeah. it's like, and that's the, that's the whole point if you don't bring it in in the first place. Like when John Howard, you know, found himself in the position at the end of the 90s with big surpluses and what to do with it, he started splashing it around. Of course, <laughs> you know, then people just become entitled to things like, you know, all this childcare assistance and all this kind of bullshit. We have a household income of 400 grand and we need money off <laughs> the government to help us look after our kids. You know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's disgusting. It's yeah. middle class welfare. I mean, yep. Poor doesn't mean the same thing it used to. Mm. Uh, like, you know, like welfare was supposed to be for the needy and it's for the middle class so that women in, with professional careers can go back to work so other women can look after their kids on very low wages. You know, know. That's, that's what welfare is now. Yeah. You know. Well, um, what are you salty about this week? Well, yesterday we learned that um, Australian economy added about 32,500 jobs, which of course led the Treasurer Jim Chalmers to tweet out that, quote, today's result builds on Australia's outstanding labour market performance with almost half a million jobs created since the Albanese government came to office. Now, that's very cleverly worded so that the Labour Party isn't taking direct credit for those jobs because they say since, you know, but that's the inference they want you to draw. They want you to think that they did this. Now, of course, Chalmers doesn't make those same tweets when the inflation numbers come out or when the RBA raises interest rates or the 74% increase in home construction bankruptcies over the last 12 months. The reality is the Labor government had very little, if anything, to do with the number of jobs created and very little with or anything to do with creating inflation. 
but they could do something about it now. They've just chosen not to. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Taking credit for things that you don't do. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, you know, the most, <laughs> probably the most depressing thing about this is when you go on Twitter and you see people, they're arguing over, well, oh, but, you know, unemployment was 3.4%. You know, it's 3.5% now. We'll talk about this, you know, in the next bit. But, um, and they're arguing that it was better under the coalition. It's like, you, you idiots missed the entire point. These idiots don't really have anything to do with this stuff, you know, especially <laughs> in the short term. I mean, if if the Liberal government was in now, you'd still have the inflation problem and you would have created about the same amount of jobs. You probably the difference would probably would be that Liberal Party wouldn't be pumping in record numbers of immigrants, which is just going to make inflation worse. And the RBA, um, you know, we'll talk about that in the next bit because that's what I want to talk about anyway. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, know about just... the immigration thing. I'd probably say, oh, I think they'd be just as bad because you know I hear them all the time. Small business, oh, we need workers. You know, we need cheap yeah. workers. Like, like, mm. oh, we don't yeah. want to pay people more. We just want cheap workers. Like, okay, but yeah. Oh, yeah, so they don't want to pay people more. I can understand that, but you know, are you going to work for cheaper? No, no, no. Like, so, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it'd be any different. I just think you know. We're just a small pebble on the beach, really. <laughs> you know, you know, we can't really control all the stuff that we think we can control. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just wish they, you know, when things go bad, they put up the same numbers. You know, just mm. put up the same. If you think you are controlling it, when it goes the other way, just be consistent and say, you know, since yeah. I've been in power, the unemployment level's gone yeah. up to six percent or something. You know, like, mm. but no, no, yeah. no. Yeah, <laughs> the cost of living has gone up. Real wages have gone backwards, I think, at, at an unprecedented rate. Um, you know, you, not, not claiming credit for those things. Um, I mean, they should just get out of the business of claiming credit. I mean, this is how, you know, we try and... But people are addicted to this idea that the government in power is creating all these outcomes when generally it's got nothing to do with them most of the time. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's get on to that employment report anyway. So 32,500 jobs created... The unemployment rates at 3.5% didn't go anywhere. Um, now, for those that don't know, you, Australia has to create about 35,000 jobs a month just to keep the unemployment level stable, right? The, all, all other things being equal. So if the participation rate changes, that can change the unemployment rate anyway. Okay. Um, so like if the if the participation rate goes down, you know, unemployment will go down because there's less people. Remember, you're only counted as unemployed if you're actively seeking work, right? Uh, yeah, you're not can if you're not working, but you're not seeking work, you're not counted as unemployed. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, you need thirty-five thousand jobs a month. So there's nothing outstanding about this number at all. Um, three point five percent unemployment rate. I think in New South Wales, the unemployment rate is a now record two point nine percent. So basically, anybody who wants a job has got one uh, at, at that point. Um, <clears throat> now. Of course, have a look at this. Oh, they, they've changed their um, they've oh, changed their they? format of doing this now. Yeah, uh, so I mean, I mean, maybe this is better actually. You can see there. You can have a look. See, see, twentieth of July, you've got that tick up from twenty five percent chance of an increase in rates up to about forty now, which is only back to where it was two weeks ago. That's what they were thinking two weeks ago. <laughs> um, but I mean, I 
I this sort of makes me think markets are stupid or or I mean the Reserve Bank knows that unemployment is a lagging indicator. Yes. They know this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like oh look, strong labor market. But I mean, this is not sort of you know, if you're looking for a leading indicator or even a coincident indicator, you, your employment numbers aren't it, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, the market's got it in its head. There was an economist out yesterday saying that, I think it was CBA's economist saying that, oh, and we now expect a rate rise, you know, another rate rise where they hadn't penciled one in. So maybe, maybe yeah. they're right. Um, to me, I don't know. I don't know why people pay attention to these things month to month. Here's something I wanted to bring up, though. This is from Seek. Job ads uh, mob. Mm -hmm. Now you can see in the last 12 months, um, every single month except one, you actually had a decline in job ads. And so the real important number here is here. If you have a look here, um, year over year, job ads are down 22%, right? Now that, you know, that's, I'm not saying employment is going to implode, but clearly they're advertising for less jobs across yeah. the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Across the country. I mean, there's, there is um, Tasmania where there's barely any people live and most of them all married to each other's cousins and, you know, brothers and sisters and stuff. Um, so they don't really matter. It's the only place that's actually added jobs, mm-hmm. job ads, job ads in the last 12 months, Victoria down 27% leading the way, which is what you would expect. Um, given um, Dan's excellent management of that state. So, yeah, I'm just saying that this is more of a leading indicator. Even this is not a leading indicator necessarily of mm. employment, but it, it shows you that it's getting a little bit, it's not as bad as it was. Mm. Like we can't get workers. Well, there's less ads out there. So clearly things are slowing down. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't look too good there, does it really? Um. So is that because market sentiment or, you know, business sentiment, it's probably yeah. low, so they're probably thinking, oh, don't want to hire anybody or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So. Well, it could be that, you know, they, they just shelve plans for hiring and say, let's see what happens, yeah. you know, in the next, yeah. Um, because, I mean, remember the first thing that happens when there's a downturn is that casuals and part-timers get their hours cut. That happens before you start laying people off, you know. So mm-hmm. instead of getting... Oh, I'm getting 30 hours a week now. I'm only getting 20. Um, that's the kind of thing that happens, right? Yep. Or they make some full timers part time because mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know if that's possible. Yep. Um, that's what happens before you get layoffs. Um, and, rem- and remember that the, you know, we've got this new regime supposedly at the RBA. Um, well, remember that she said that she that the natural rate of unemployment is four and a half percent. That's where they need it to be to make sure they get inflation under control, right? Um, <clears throat> so this, if the if the Reserve, you know, I don't know how the Reserve Bank, but I mean, it's not like the Reserve Bank doesn't know any of the things that I've just said. They know yeah. employment's a lagging indicator. Um, they know that, but if I don't know how this changes their assessment. Um, yeah. Yeah. What do you reckon? Oh, it's just takes a long time. As you can see, this hasn't actually filtered through to unemployment yet. So yeah. I don't know. It seems like it's been going on for 12 months. But if you did this for another 12 months, surely then some of that would filter through to unemployment. Um, yeah. Not everyone can get a job, you know. Um, like, <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. And then 
you know, the immigration thing's got to come up again, surely, you know, if it goes too far in the other direction. Um, yeah. That's the problem with centrally controlled planning. Like, you're always trying to fiddle with these levers to try <laughs> to yeah. try and get to some number, which is, you know, you're going to overshoot or undershoot. It's just mm. a terrible job to have to think that you can control all this stuff. So, yeah, yeah. good luck to them. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Well, you know, whatever, I guess whatever the RBA decides that Labor will just blame them. Yeah. Is, you know, it's your guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Your gal now. Your gal. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what have we got this week? Uh, stock of the week. What have we got, Tim? Well, it's, this is one that um, I actually looked at a, a year or so ago, but um, didn't really like the most, but. Um, basically relics, basically Aros, um, Stephen, you know, he's just repurchased it. Um, he sold yep. it four years ago due to concerns about, um, discontent with libraries, library customers. Um, and now like that's all resolved and the stock hasn't been that penalized since four years ago. So he's been able to buy back in without it increasing too much. Basically what they do is they sell journals to libraries so you know the big academic journals and that's just basically a monopoly because um you can know you can start a small journal it hasn't got the brand recognition and all that so it's a great little business um it hasn't done as well as i thought like the s p's been up 1300 percent while this has only been up 950 percent since ipo so it hasn't beaten the s p um but it's kept pace with it since 1994. It's basically done the same thing. Right. Um, they have a few other segments they're into. They've got like, um, said risk, risk analytics and they run a, expeditions and, you know, things like that, you know, just conferences and things like that. But mm. mainly they're in journals. If you can understand that, you know, that's the place to be. Um, the fundamentals. Shares is outstanding are going in the right directions. The multiples mm. are stable. Um, you can see there. So that's not that expensive. Um, yep. Return on vested capital was in the 20s, but now in the mid-teens. Margins are brilliant. It's got a good dividend, mm. but of a high payout ratio, um, which we'll come back to a bit later. Um, interest coverage is, you know, decent. Um, so, yeah, if you flip over to the balance sheet you can see they've got yep. you know 7.7 billion in debt um, but yep. free cash flows th- 3 billion three bill. so mm. you know that's a couple of years you know and they're still paying a dividend and doing buybacks so they could just they really want to eat into that um with higher interest yep. rates you think they may cut one of those or hold you know um yep. if they have to buy some of that the market doesn't like it because it's in the UK. It's a UK based um, and they keep acquiring like Stephen had problems, these expensive assets, right. but management seem to be able to convert them into cash in the bottom line. So, you know, um, it has diluted their return on capital. By look at it. Yeah. Cause they keep, you know, having to fork over, they can't create them in house cause these are a strong brand. Yeah. So, but you know, it doesn't seem to be, that extreme it seems to be more of a defensive play um mm. it's an obscure company so if you didn't go to university 
and you don't understand how the journal system works, I think you'd find it hard to actually purchase this or get excited about it. Yeah. So I can't yeah. see retail piling into this and expanding your multiple, but that might be a benefit, you know, It'd be mm -hmm. a bit more stable. Um, and I think it's the moat is going to last as long as, you know, government money goes into funding universities. You know, you can basically, they're not price sensitive. You can just charge whatever the hell you like. Like they need you know, journals and stuff. Students need it to study university. So it's sort of like a, you know, a toll bridge, you know, you've got to pay to, to get the data. And what do you charge for that? Well, you can charge whatever the hell you like if people aren't price sensitive. So yeah. um, as you can see from the margins, you know, they, they do that. It's just, they keep, you know, reinvesting so much of it that, you know, return on equity and return on capital aren't as brilliant as you, what you'd hope, uh, because obviously yeah. they, they can only, there's only so many things you can invest in, but yeah, yeah, it's still yeah. A, a good business, but yeah. What do you think? Well, how much of the, how much of the, I can't imagine that market grows that mm. much, you know, organically, like yeah. people are obviously writing papers and adding papers every year. And, but, um, <clears throat> How much of the journal market do they have, so to speak? Well, they've I mean, got all they the, have... some of the largest names. So I don't know the ex exact percentage, but like the big brand names, like if you know, I don't know, um, like in agriculture, they've basically, you've got to buy them, access to them, and it costs a lot of money to, to get mm -hmm. the data you need to write scientific work. So there is like smaller journals, but they're lower quality. Yeah. And so a lot of junk science goes through them. So you, you can't really trust them if you're a student or, you know, an academic. Well, that, that's, so. that's basically all, uh, all of social science at this point. <laughs> yeah, no. but it's actually in big science as well, as you find out. No. Like there's a heap of universities being busted with all this fake data and, you know, mm. it's all corruption. There's a heap of corruption involved in this area. But um, so we don't know how much of the science is real. But um, yeah, these guys have got the, the premium you know, journals. So they're the most trusted and they've got the most eyes looking at them to throw out supposedly the junk science. So you don't want to be relying on junk science when you're trying to build your thesis or whatever. So yeah, it is a moat, but I just don't get excited about it. I don't know why. And the thing that annoyed me is Stephen sold Nike mm. supposedly to buy this, I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, Hmm, I know Nike's, you know, Adidas and are eating into their lunch and, you know, a few Japanese shoe brands are eating their lunch, but crikey, Nike has proven me wrong for fucking what, since the eighties? <laughs> <laughs> are they going to prove me wrong in the next decade? I'm pretty sure, you know, like if you've been a winner for that long, you know, the Lindy effect, it's going to probably continue. So, and then, yeah. you know, selling Nike and then loading up on this, uh, it just, it's stable and it's defensive, but yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's hunkering down. Yep. Maybe he's could expecting be. something bad. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And this is going to do well. Like universities are still yep. going to fork over coin to pay for all this stuff, even hit a recession. So it is a bit more recession proof yep. compared to Nike. Nike is consumer discretionary. So it's going to get, it's going to get hit. Right. Yep. So um, maybe it's, <laughs> he is thinking a little bit smarter than me. You know, he is thinking this really, maybe he's in a little bit more hard landing camp, but 
the market seems to be running away a little bit at the moment. Um, but yeah. I think we we missed it. It's all over. So, so I don't know. <laughs> so maybe it is a good time to pick something this up, go in the opposite direction, and because if it does turn, a lot of people are going to panic because they go, yeah. you know, it's not supposed to be going through a recession. It's supposed to be a soft landing, and what's this? It looks a little bit harder than it. You know, it only takes a few, you know, a quarter of that and, you know, everything's yeah. going to go backwards. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right there, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it. RELX, um, thanks to Tim for bringing that one, bringing the goods, and we will see you next time.